You're listening to Our Faith, Our Country, the podcast that discusses walking with Christ and ties faith to America's foundation. Here's your host, Jason Bryant Jennings. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Why is that important? America is built on the premise of going out and working hard and then being able to provide for yourself and get ahead in life. Captain John Smith in 1608 in Jamestown mentioned this Bible verse during one of his speeches. Our second verse for today is Mark 12, 17. Jesus says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. None of us like paying taxes, but it's right there in scripture telling us to do so. On today's episode, we have the author of Victorious, a year-long devotional, a three-time, three-time, three-time Olympic gold medalist with USA Softball, a 2009 National Softball Hall of Fame inductee, a 2002 inductee into the University of Arizona Hall of Fame, Leah O'Brien Amico. Welcome to Our Faith, Our Country. Thank you so much. I'm honored and excited to be on your show talking with you today. I am very passionate about my faith in Jesus Christ as well as I love this country and was very honored to represent our country in three different Olympic Games and bring home the gold and sit down on that podium and have our national anthem played. So I love talking about this kind of stuff. Leo, what comes to mind when you hear Second Thessalonians 3.10 and Mark 12.17? When you read that verse, I agree with you. I think the idea is as believers, you know, we know that we are supposed to serve others and help others. But we need to do the work so we can be in a position so that, that those that are not able to, the idea is not that those that just choose not to, those that refuse to, this idea, and, and I'm passionate about helping feed homeless in my area in Southern California. Um, I have great relationships with them. I did it for about 10 years and, and twice a month. And so um, this idea was that, you know, some people will find themselves in situations where they just can't and others will choose not to. And so when I think about that, if it is in our power to do so, we should be people who refuse to just be lazy and idle. And if you go on to keep reading those verses, it says there are some who don't work all, but they're busybodies. And that idea is we're all going to be busy doing something. We should be busy doing things that are going to be productive and helpful. And, and with that, then we can be examples and leaders to young children coming up. And then we can make a difference. And then the verses in Mark, yes, I absolutely believe this idea is you know, I, I think, you know, with taxation, obviously there's things that need to be done. We need to drive on roads. We need schools to be open for, again, kids and especially those in, in situations that are not as great as some others have. We also should have that standard that the government shouldn't have the freedom to just start using and wasting the taxes that we work hard for and things that really go against the word of God. I think of, of course, abortions and, you know, Planned Parenthood and the amount of money that goes now they're saying for abortions overseas. And and that stuff just, I know it grieves the heart of God. I know it's so frustrating to any of us who love Jesus and um, want our hard-earned money and taxes to go to the right things that really can make a positive difference. It seems so many people's walk with Christ really starts in college. And you were no different, Leah. Tell us about how your time in college jump-started your walk with Christ. I grew up as a young girl believing in Jesus. 
never had a foundation in the word of God. And so eventually God would show me that, you know, when I got to high school, it was much more about trying to be a good person. But the problem was it was my view of what was good. I had no idea what the Bible called good or bad. So it was whatever I felt in my heart, whatever my parents had taught me or whatever I saw around me. And that was constantly shifting. And God is the same yesterday, today and forever. His word never changes. He actually is the one who sets the standard of what is good and bad, what is right and wrong. And it's according to his word and who God is. And so um, in college, I had a teammate who was full of faith. Her name is Julie. She was a freshman when I was a junior. So what I also found was because I had no foundation for the first two years in college, I kind of just started following the crowd a little bit more than I had in high school. And it was a lot easier to follow. It's hard enough, you know, to go through some testing and trials and temptations when you have the word of God as your foundation, but even more so when you don't have it, you're you're more likely to fall. And so my teammate invited me to a Bible study. She was very strong in her faith at the age of 18 years old, which was so refreshing to see. You don't see much of that. I look back and I know God placed her in my life for that time. And so that began a journey for me. I basically went to this Bible study and it was like, God just took this veil and he opened my eyes. And I realized, okay, I've believed, but I've always said I had a personal relationship because I learned how to say that, but I had never been questioned more than that. What is that? Who is God? What What do you know about him? What do you know about Jesus Christ? How do you know you're doing what is right? I didn't know any of that. And so I began to go to church on a regular basis. I began to attend Bible study. I became a sponge. I was a high-level collegiate athlete at that time. Our team had won national championships. I was an All-American. So I'm very big on being the best that I can be in whatever I'm doing, being academic All-American. And so now I needed to put that standard in, okay, I want to I want to know as much as I can about the Lord. And so that began a journey. Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about don't being conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I was all of a sudden having that renewing of my mind. It was a process, slowly but surely. Some stuff was immediately, you know, taken off. Like I just realized, wow, like, that is wrong. I'm no longer going to do that. Other things were a little, took a little more time. Um, we're always a work in process. So I'm thankful for just God's conviction by his Holy Spirit and his forgiveness and his grace upon us. And um, that's kind of led me. I just became committed to grow each and every day, just like I did as an athlete. What do you tell people when they're worried about having to give things up, having to sacrifice in order to follow Jesus? God eventually would show me that because I took a little bit of that mentality into it. I mean, first of all, I said yes first. That's the key. You're not going to see, you're not going to understand. The Holy Spirit does not come and dwell in your life until you say yes to Jesus and that you surrender. You recognize you're a sinner who needs to be saved. You recognize that apart from him, we're separated from God. And so, you know, that was the first thing that needed to take place. But Early on, you're right. I was a college athlete. So now all of a sudden there was this transition and there's a holy God that I'm serving. And he says, be holy just as I am holy. So I kind of had that mindset of, well, what is still okay? What can I still do? And it's still okay. I don't cross the line. And God kind of showed me basically what I was trying to say. It'd be like, how close can I stand inside the street with cars flying by and not get hit? I might be next to them. I might feel the wind of them. But can I just keep inching out a little bit farther into the street and try not to get hit with these cars racing by? 
And God kind of showed me you're playing with fire because the reality is sometimes you might step a little bit too far out and you're going to get knocked over. You're going to get hit. You're going to go down. And so God eventually showed me that that was kind of that immature view as I matured in my faith. He made me realize, do you want to be an Olympic champion and stand on that podium? Or do you want to be the water boy and be like, yeah, but I'm on the team, but you know, I'm over here messing around. I know those players out there are playing, but you know, I'd rather just sit over here and fill up water bottles, right? He's saying, where are my people that want to start? Who wants to just literally have this amazing experience? Now, guess what? It's going to be hard. There's going to be ups and downs, but I promise you, you will reap the reward and you will experience the benefits of being my child. I am the risen King. Jesus is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Have that knowledge and that understanding and walk in that. That's the approach is what can I have? We need to take that. And so if you keep thinking, what do I have to give up? I think you're going to stay stuck. That's like saying, well, what do I have to sacrifice to be a college All-American, to be on a national champion? What, what do I have to sacrifice to be an Olympian? Guess what? You're going to have to sacrifice some stuff. You're going to have to be committed and be disciplined. But when you do, you're going to realize what you are going to receive will far outweigh and will be everything compared to what you gave up. Leah, let's talk about forgiveness now because so many have an issue with that topic. When I was recently at a Wednesday night men's group, someone explained forgiveness to me in a way that I had never heard before. They said, until you forgive yourself, you'll never be able to forgive the person you're angry at. Leah, what are your thoughts on that and what the Bible says about forgiveness? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I haven't heard that as well, but I do see that forgiveness, in a sense, it is a surrendering. It is a letting go. It is a trust that things will be made right one day. I think a lot of people feel like it's just not fair when people have wronged us and they can get away with it. People can be deceitful and maybe other people don't know. It's hard to watch that stuff happen. Really just goes back to this command. God says that we are to forgive others as Jesus Christ forgives us. We have to recognize how much we've been forgiven and then surrender that. And yes, like I think anger has a huge hold on a lot of people in our country, in this world. And I think if the enemy can keep us locked up in our own emotions, anger, fear, hurt, wanting vengeance, that's another, you know, I think of the verse, the Lord says, the vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I trust in the fact that the Lord will make all things right one day and everybody will give an account to him. Okay, one thing I need to say, because I went through an experience with a close family member and I realized I was holding on to some stuff and I had to realize that forgiveness It wasn't just a feeling. It wasn't just, well, when I feel like they haven't wronged me anymore, then that will be forgiveness. No, it was making this commitment in my head, in my heart to say, I forgive them. Even if my emotions don't follow, I forgive them. Now, there still might be boundaries. It doesn't mean forgetting. It does mean truly forgiving. And I just all of a sudden remember the weight that was lifted off my shoulders when I made that just mental, you know, choice to forgive. And so, Um, It's powerful. We don't realize the prison we put ourselves in when we refuse to forgive people. What are some other verses that come to mind when you think about how scripture played a huge role in forming America? There's verses in Matthew that talk about you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And it says a city that's 
sit on a hill cannot be hidden. And then it says, let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And I really believe that America, how it was founded, the forefathers, the trust in God, when you look back and through history, through Washington, and obviously those who put together the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, when they wrote that, I truly believe God was in on that because this nation, what we have stood for, the freedom, they came from being forced to worship a certain way. And that was the whole idea is we wanted the freedom because guess what? When it comes down to it, nobody will be forced to worship God. You will stand before him and it will be your choice. No matter if people said they do or say they don't, it doesn't, it comes down to a heart and mind decision. And so when I think about that, America we are the light of the world. We have been the light of the world. We have been the country that has gone out and has helped the poor and the starving and the orphans around the world. We have had missionaries go all around this world to the least of these, to people to giving up their lives and being willing to just get the name of Jesus Christ to parts of the world that have never heard it before and we send money and we send help. I think about just the servanthood of people, lovers of Jesus from this country that have gone out around this entire world. And to this day, I really believe, you know, have been why this country has still been free at this point. I believe we're in a spiritual battle like never before. Right now, we've been seeing this happen. We've been seeing spiritual forces at work, even at the government level, and just the battle that's really happening. We've seen it with COVID and what's happened with that and the closure of churches and seeing how even pastors have responded. Um, but I also, through this time, have seen this fire that started, and I feel like it's a purification of the church. And so when you say, what are those verses? I think that the light of the world, city on a hill, we need to let our light shine, not just before men, but before this world, so they would see and glorify God. That is what it's all about. And so to me, that's what I think about when I think of America. Staying on government, what are some areas in our country where you see a void in faith? And how do you think that we get that back? Yeah, I think it's missing, but I think what's happening is you have more of that attack to try to, I really think to just go against the heart of what the Bible is and who Jesus Christ is and trying, you know, to pull in um, just even the racial injustices. And I believe there need to be changes. I believe even as a country, we can do better. I believe um, churches, yeah, we should look at the core of what we're doing, but I am thankful to be in California. It is a melting pot. I mean, we have all different nationalities and we come together and we worship Jesus. So now when you look at the government level, that idea is we need to be involved um, and aware as churches and encourage people to go run for office and encourage people to get in those government positions. Because if we just sit back and we think, well, no, we're just going to stay in our church walls and just worship this way, eventually it affects everybody. And so I look to those leaders in government who do know the Lord, because I believe that if they're led by the Holy Spirit, it will bless everybody, no matter how different they are. I think what we're, we're missing are people who fear God. When they did that prayer to open Congress, this year, and they prayed to this false God and made that statement in Congress. I believe that absolutely um, was an attack on 
the faith of those who know Jesus Christ in this country and what our country was founded on, and really a, a desire to undermine and to start working against anything that has been godly in this country. We're missing a fear of God is what we're missing. And so I pray for that each day. I pray for God to remove those that do not know him and put people in those positions that do um, to get us back to, I really believe that when the righteous are in power and ruling, I believe everybody will benefit even if they don't know God. I believe when the wicked are in power, that everybody will feel the fallout of that, whether they know God or don't know God. In my intro, I mentioned your book, Victorious, a year-long devotional. Where did the inspiration come from for the book, and how can people grab a copy? If they go in and type my name on Amazon, um, they put Victorious and then put Leah Amico. They can get it on there, and it actually um, was put on my heart a year ago. I think I had seen um, somebody had put a verse, and you know they tied it in with the date. And so then the next day, I was like, oh, and you know I did another verse that tied in with the next date. Um, so for basically March 14th, it would be something 314, and March. 15th, it would be something 315. So I did that for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden, I just had this idea. On social media, sometimes I'll just share from my heart if there's a verse I come across, and I'll share a few thoughts on that verse. And I've had people contact me and just say, I needed to hear that right now. And it, I know it's God's word. It's not me. God's word never returns void. He, he allows what he has purposed for it. And so all of a sudden, I thought, you know what? Like, what if I did a little devotion that the main thing was a verse that lined up with every day? And so I literally went through 1, 1 to 12, 31 and found verses. Some days I was like, there's three good verses. Which one do I pick? And so I went through the entire year. We actually did 366 days because I did February 29th. I said, if there's a, if there's a good 229, I'm using it for leap year. And so I sat at my computer and kind of went through the whole year and found different verses. And it was so encouraging to me to just be searching for the Word of God and finding verses that stood out that lined up with each date. And so I kind of just have a verse each day and then just a few thoughts about it, just kind of that call to action because, you know, God's Word is for us to know Him, to draw closer to Him, to understand who He is and what His plan is from the beginning till the end. But it also shows us that we have a purpose and a part in his plan and in his story. And so for me to just, you know, encourage people to let's kind of have that call to action. Let's live it out. Let's be who God's called us to be. That's always been my passion is, you know, let's learn it. But bigger than that, let's apply it. Because again, as an Olympic gold medalist, it was all about that. I had amazing coaches, but if I did not apply what I was taught, I would have never been a gold medalist. And so God teaches us and we are to go live it out. And that's how we become the light of the world. We talked about your favorite verses. Mine has to be John 19:30, And in particular, three words within that verse, it is finished, which I actually have on an American flag cross that I wear every day. When you look at everything Christ faced when he was here on earth in his earthly body, what do you feel is the absolute biggest lesson that we should take away from him? I believe that he was a leader. I believe he was a servant. I believe he never compromised. He stayed busy about his father's work. And everything 
was to glorify God. Everything. His purpose, what he cared most about, was doing what God had called him to do as hard as that path was. And he went to the cross for us. He took our sins upon his body. He conquered death. And I believe that's exactly the way we are to live, to be leaders, to be servants, to be busy about our Father's will, and to be willing to die to ourselves to live for Christ, for his glory, for his plan, for his story, just to truly surrender it all. Because when we do that, that is when true victory comes. Just like he conquered the grave, we conquer the enemy in a sense in what his plan for our lives are by following God's plan and giving them all of us. That is when you see the power of God rest upon people. That is when you experience the presence of who he is. And that's when you walk in full freedom. And that's what so many, even believers, even Christians, so many are missing out because we're too distracted and we're too busy. And I go through stages like that, but I'm at a point right now with everything going on that I'm like, Lord, no, I'm in. I'm all in. Let's do it. I have victory in Jesus. I want to be who you want me to be. Leah, let everyone know how they can find you online. My website is leah20.com. Soon it will be actually switching over to leahamico.com. I'm in the process of getting a new website, hopefully in the next month. And, um, you know, social media, leah20usa on Instagram, uh, Leah O'Brien Amico on Facebook. And um, yeah, that's how they can connect with me and they can follow. And on Amazon, both my books are on there, Softball Glory and God's Story. That's a 31-day devotional with softball stories, as well as Victorious, a year-long devotional. Perfect for people that are busy and on the go to get a verse and really meditate on it for that date. So that is how they can get a hold of me. Leah, thanks for joining us on Our Faith, Our Country. Do you mind praying us out today? I would love that. Lord God, I just thank you so much for Jason, Lord, um, follow what you called him to do with our faith in our country. God, we need you. Lord, our faith is in what Jesus Christ has done and the fact that he did die for our sins and he rose from the dead and he conquered death and he offers a way to heaven for all who will place their trust in him as Lord and Savior. And so, God, I just pray that this podcast will reach everybody that you desire and that people will be encouraged and inspired inspired and uplifted and reminded that there is a powerful purpose for their lives to know God, to honor God, to live for his glory. And, and I just pray you stir that up in all the believers across this nation. And you truly allow us to be the light for the world to see that can really shed light um, around this world. So we just thank you so much. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Our Faith, Our Country podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Faith Country Pod or by searching for Our Faith, Our Country Podcast. Until next time, later times, everybody. Thanks for listening to Our Faith, Our Country. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.